You are now entering Nick and Mello's hyperspace. I'm Nick, and I think my favorite thing about Rise of the Red Blade was this is one of the few Star Wars villains that I feel empathy for, and I thought that was very fascinating to read about. Mm. And I'm Carmelo, and I I loved how disturbed I was by the book. It really shook my foundations about the Jedi and Jedi ethics in general, and it it really it really disturbed me in a good way, but it really disturbed me. And I'm Heather. And I loved this book for highlighting the flaws of the Jedi. <laughs> Definitely. Indeed. In our journeys through hyperspace, we examine anything and everything Star Wars from the point of view of two lifelong fans, one young, one old, who came together through the will of the Force. In this episode, we're going to be um, doing a, a detailed review of the amazing Delilah Dawson and her book, Star Wars Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade. And we have with us our dearest, dearest, dearest Heather, um, who is someone who adores Delilah, who is the person who was my tipping point for reading Delilah. Um, and so I am just, I actually have goosebumps that Heather <laughs> is joining us uh, for the podcast. So thank you so much for joining us, Heather. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm I love your guys's podcast, and I love Delilah Dawson. So I appreciate the Perfect. invite to get to be here and and discuss it and talk about this fabulous book with you guys. We are thrilled to have you. We're we very excited to have you. With these kinds of review videos, we're going to do a little bit of time of sort of spoiler free for the people who have not read the book yet. And then we'll we'll tell you. And from now on, it's <laughs> going to be spoiler full. So let's start with sort of general comments about the book um, and any thoughts that you have for audiences who have not uh, read the book. Heather, you want to start since you are our guest today. I think a general, I mean, a general first thought is, gosh, don't expect every Star Wars book to be this good. Because this real. is just, I mean, it automatically is like, I'm I'm now debating like my favorite book before like I brought my my Phasma mug to this because I'm like my favorite has been Phasma and I'm I'm like I don't know Delilah you might have kicked your other book off my number one spot. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It, it is one of the things that I enjoy about her is the quality of the writing. I mean, mm -hmm. these are beautifully crafted books mm -hmm. both narratively and in terms of its language um they're just they're just they're in another level they really are yeah. in another level uh nick i i really enjoyed i was not I, my expectations were low not that i didn't think she this book would be good i just it was about a character we saw very briefly in two issues of a comic who we knew nothing about uh but it ended up being like i agree with heather it's one of my favorite of star wars books ever i I couldn't put it down. Like I just kept reading and kept reading and I was engaged the whole way through. And uh, I just enjoyed, I enjoyed reading about not just uh, the main character is Scott, but all the other characters that we get to meet her, her fellow uh, Jedi and Padawans that she trained with that. Right. This is one of the few star Wars books where there's no plot armor for these characters. There's no, we don't, we don't know the fate of most of these characters. We do know a scat and a couple of others because they show up in the Darth Vader comics, but right. for everyone else, it's pretty much fair game. Um, so that, that was fun to read about because you don't know what's going to happen. I um, I was very intrigued by this because I had already read a, a few of her books. And so I was excited about her coming up with another Star Wars book. But I was really curious to get the story of somebody who becomes an Inquisitor. Mm -hmm. 
because you know in Rebels the people we meet they're already Inquisitors. Um, in the comics, in the Darth Vader Charles Sewell comics, we 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 sort of get a little bit of more information, but we don't get the whole story. And so I was. It's one of the things that I love about Star Wars fiction that we we can really dwell on the characterization of someone. And so I was very, very excited. I, I actually had high expectations and they, they were met and beyond <laughs> mm-hmm. because they were, it, it, it really was wonderful and it was even better than what I expected. One of the things, and probably one of my only few complaints of this book was as you read it, you know, you've got this cover, the title, Rise of the Res Blade, like, you know where it's going. <laughs> so that, that's, that's like the only thing was I would have loved like just you know to not know where we were going as uh, you this character because it was right. like it was like okay I know what's gonna happen when's it gonna happen right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, for, yeah waiting for the other shoe to drop yeah I I have a a couple of issues but I'm gonna wait for the spoiler full area because it's very much related to plot um but you're you're right that we sort of know the ending. Um, and Nick and I had read the comics of what happens to this character. So I knew the end. Right. I didn't know if the novel was going to include the end or not. So that was sort of interesting for me to read. Um, but for the audiences who haven't read the book, the novel is published, but the story of this person is already, the end of that person is already told in a comic series, mm-hmm. in the Charles Soule, um Darth Vader series. And so it's fascinating to sort of see how we get there. Um, and and sort of part of the magic is sort of knowing all of the things that happened. And it's just so I just it just shook it shook me to my to my bones. I I reread the uh those two issues that Scott shows up in and the Darth oh, Vader cool. comics earlier this morning. And uh yeah, they they hit different. They hit different. Um, and originally they're just kind of throwaway characters, but now knowing where Scott now knowing what they are, yeah, and the the journey she went on, and that kind of the her ending is more tragic than it originally was. Um, they were more like faceless villains in the original story when I read them, but now adding that context and that layer, it's makes it way more devastating. Absolutely, I I I read them right after I finished the novel, and I was surprised how literal the end of the novel and the end and the comic story was i mean like it's like word for word some almost. of the bubbles the text is exactly what is yeah. in the novel so it's it's that part of the novel she's just recreating what happens in the in the comics um itself i have a lot to say about the ending but i'm gonna wait till we get to the spoiler yeah, let's, let's okay. wait to get to that i think we i think we can i think we can because we yeah. are we are all itching to go we're there. dying to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> we are itching to go there for the audience this is our entry point to the spoiler section so go for some away, reason you if you haven't it. if you haven't read it for some reason come back later. read it then come back uh, but we're going to talk all spoilers from here on out so well having not read the comic book i finished the book and, and carmela you know this because i messaged you as soon as i had finished it because <laughs> i hated the ending i didn't mm. know that she was going to die and mm. i was so frustrated with that ending uh-huh and i actually i i had said to you like the epilogue i was like 
was Disney pressuring her to end it this way? Like, this doesn't even feel like the rest yeah. of the book. Yeah. And then it yeah. was like, oh, okay, that's why it didn't feel like the rest right. of the book was because it was an epilogue written by Charles Soule. Yes. And yeah. since we're talking about the very end, I I sort of felt like I needed five, six, five, six, seven more pages of understanding the romance between them. Yeah, that, that because it it was a little too sudden in the epilogue. Um, it was dispatched too quickly, mm-hmm. and I wanted to feel. I wanted the ending to be more impactful because I wanted to understand the romance, and the romance was always sort of in the background in most of the book. But it was, but it, it just, it just, it just all of a sudden it's like it's there. And I needed, I needed, I needed time. And because we took so, such a wonderful time to develop this character, it felt a little odd that we didn't get, um, that we didn't get a few more pages. And if Delilah Dawson is listening to this, we adore you. We're just, (laughs) we're just being picky here about the, the, the few pages, the, the few pages of the epilogue. And sort of felt like that romance needed to be just spelled out, just spelled to me. So just spelled out a little more. If I'm not mistaken, doesn't isn't there a from the last chapter to the epilogue? Isn't there like a big time jump? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, okay. So there's some there's some time that we missed with their story. Um, maybe that gets told know. at some point. I mean, yeah. Sequel. If it's this big, yeah. it could be a little bigger. Yeah. Give us a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> one be... of the things. One of the things that I. Adored about this book was how unexpected Order sixty six happened. It was so. It was. I'm going to say something really strange about Star Wars. It felt so realistic that it came out of left field. Like they're just in the middle of a mission. They're going around, and then all of a sudden, the the clone troopers are. it was, it really shook me up. <laughs> sort of in the way the Jedi was sort of like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. It was a beautiful way of doing it. Just a beautiful way of doing it. It caught me completely by surprise. Even though I knew Order 66 was going to happen, it still surprised me. I, yeah. I, I love that. I love that. It's probably my favorite part of the book. It's it's anyway, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to explode, but it, no. just, <laughs> it was. It was so well done. So no, well and done. it it was. I had the same experience because I. I think I had even been messaging you at that point. And I was like, I was like, come on, when is when is it going to happen? Like we know she's, yeah. and then it just like bam, <laughs> and just like you said, it was like the realism of that because they didn't know it was no. coming, and so no. it would have just happened, and it would have caught everyone off guard, and. Yeah, that 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 part was so well done. I I remember texting Carmelo as I was reading it. He finished it a little bit before me, and he was telling me he's like, "It's it's incredible. It's going to get so much better. Just keep reading." Um, and I, you know, I kept. I think at one point I had texted him. I can't remember what chapter or page I was on, but I was like, "This majority of this book is set during the Clone Wars." I was expecting more of her being an Inquisitor, like. And I was fascinated by that. That's moment. what Heather was saying in my text. Yeah, I, I was I was very fascinated how much time we spent with her and finding her place during the Clone Wars and seeing what led up to her becoming an Inquisitor, deciding to become an Inquisitor, which is I, I find interesting because in the 
comics, the Charles Soul comics, and then even this novel, they talk about how a lot of them are like reconditioned or reprogrammed to become Inquisitors. But Scott is one of the sounds like she's one of the few that just makes that decision on her own. And yeah, yeah. I thought I find that very interesting as well. Have we figured out how to pronounce her name? I heard it was a scat. That's how I was pronouncing it in my head as I was reading. Okay. Uh, I don't remember her last name. It's like Arachnus. English English is my Agnes. second language, so I never know how to pronounce any of this stuff. So I think it's Acnes or Acnes or something like that. I can't remember how it's spelt, but yeah, I don't I don't remember. And then her I guess lover, his name is Acaris. Is Scott Acaris. Acaris. Okay. Acaris, yes. Heather, I have a question for you. Yes. Because you're 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 the Sith expert. <laughs> there is this notion that she is slowly discovering <laughs> I am at my best when I kill. I am I am this is something that I am really good at. And this is this was one of the moments that I just me good natured optimistic Jedi follower Carmelo is sort of trying to understand not necessarily the psychology. It, it just sort of felt like there was there was this this combination between attitude and talent, and I don't want to say destiny, but I, I also this sort of notion of. Um, what is my future? What is where should I go? What what should what is my goal? What is my objective? And I had lots of conflicts reading this because because of who I am, because of the way I think about it. Um, and I was I was sort of wondering how you read through that thread of her sort of realizing this is what I am good at. The Jedi are asking me to do something, and I'm going to use a strange word that is not natural to me. Am I, am I, am I explaining myself? I just yeah, yeah. I think to answer your question, I kind of want to go back a little bit into kind of the difference between how I view the Sith and and the Jedi. Go, 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 go. Yeah, because so the sith if you if you look at the sith code they're all about through passion i gain strength through strength i gain power through power i gain victory which is very much delving into the emotion that they feel and everything mm -hmm. with them is through their emotion mm -hmm. whereas the jedi are very much about we want peace and harmony and so their code is is very much not going towards that emotion you know everybody biologically we are all different and we all feel our emotions differently and some of us are, are hardwired to be very emotional people mm -hmm. and so I think that in a world where you're a very emotional person and you're getting feedback of like no that emotion is bad that emotion is wrong you start to feel very powerless and you start to not trust yourself and who you are okay so I, I think that okay I mean I can't I can't relate to like, yay, killing is my thing. <laughs> you know, as I was reading I understand. It, <laughs> I didn't think that you did. I, I, that was not I my was point. Reading this, you know, it, I could really tap into that feeling of like, she has so much emotion. And, you know, she doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know where she comes from. She's constantly just told to meditate. And she feels the sense of powerlessness. That comes from always being told to deny all the emotion that she feels. So when she kills, she feels powerful. 
she right. feels I can let that emotion finally flow and I can be myself. And so that that's yeah, how yeah, I yeah. interpreted that part. Yeah. That's that's that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. It's it's it was really wonderful when the when the book starts, it says for those who never quite fit in, for those who were bullied for what they love, for those who have never felt normal, luminous beings are we. Such a, using a Jedi line, don't let anyone tell you differently. And I get goosebumps again. This is the goosebumps episode. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, it, it's just really beautiful that sort of moment of the Jedi want me wanted me to be in this specific box, and that way of being is not my way of being. Um, and that's basically the conflict of the book. Um, yes. Yes. Conflict. Well, and you look at like, I think when I was reading, I thought of the classic nurture versus nature, you know, debate. And that's a very prevalent, in like fields like psychology and social work and things like that. And like Escat, she's never really taught, and the Jedi are very famous for this, never really taught how to manage those emotions, never how to, um, you know, develop them into a positive outlet. Whether, you know, her first master was a, you know, a archaeologist and librarian type, and she wasn't. She seemed more of a action adventure, you know, swashbuckling type. And she was kind of being forced into something that she wasn't really into. And she was never able to grow. She was never able to have an honest conversation. It's almost as if the way I took it is her master was kind of, and not just master, but um, everyone else in the Jedi Order, just because of some mistakes she made, they were fearful of what yeah. she might become. Yeah. And, you know, if she had been with somebody who could help manage those skills and a positive outlet, maybe somebody that was a good swordsman or somebody that was able to help her channel that, that fight, those fighting skills into something productive. Maybe she would have turned out different. And I, I always find that fascinating how the Jedi constantly were shown that they just they quite don't understand people. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> Very her true. story, it reminds me of Anakin in so many ways yeah. because, yeah. you know, Anakin had all of this, emotion that he was feeling and he had all of these worries and anxieties about Padme and you know and he goes to Yoda and he tries to talk about those you know and and, and Yoda you know so worried that any emotion is going to lead to the dark side mm -hmm. pushes him to the dark side I mean yep. that is how that is how the Jedi do it and that is you know that is why I I have such issue with so much of the Jedis is you know their their whole thing of you know fear leads to anger anger leads to hate hate leads to suffering you know and that leads to the dark side it's mm -hmm. like no you know there's no right or wrong emotions like all our emotions are hardwired into us for a reason like right. fear is there for a reason it serves a purpose anger mm -hmm. is there for a reason it serves a purpose but when you suppress those that's what's gonna cause the that's the issue right right all right i, I just think... finished reading um i'm sorry sorry nick because uh, it's okay. related to what heather just said just finished reading the tales of the jedi comics um that are set twenty five thousand years in the past and it's really interesting heather because the jedi are constantly having to resort to the dark side for solving issues mm -hmm. Um, and so in the past, there were Jedi who were aware of what the dark side can do without necessarily turning into an evil human being or an evil person. Um, and so I really have been enjoying these comics when we go so far back in the past of the Jedi 
that they're nodding to this very puritanical notion of we can only live in the light, we must always reject the dark. Um, and I think this book is very much about the, what happens when you force someone mm -hmm. to never recognize the dark side and only recognize uh, the light side. Sorry to interrupt, Nick. Go ahead. Oh, that's okay. I was going to you know, kind of make a small, as you were talking about the comparison to Anakin and his his journey where it ends up, uh, made me think of the moment in the book where uh, they have the knighting ceremony and she gets knighted with Anakin and a bunch of other Jedi. And um, she has a brief encounter with Obi-Wan that I thought makes a lot more sense now that you say that. Um, she's, I think, I think of her slightly different than Anakin because with Anakin, he still had meaningful connections. Um, you know, he had uh, Obi-Wan and Ahsoka and, um, you know, Padme, even if it wasn't, you know, uh, it was frowned upon. But Scott didn't really have anybody. And I think she may yeah. see Obi-Wan and he just, he had, she had one interaction that we know of with Obi-Wan and it was very nice and pleasant. And he was smiling and complimented her and, you know, your master spoke highly of you. Um, and, you know, to her, her master never really showed her that. Um, and I think maybe she sees Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship as a kind of a, what could have been for her or what maybe she needed, you know, even though Anakin and Obi-Wan had their problems, they still were able to laugh and joke and, have a connection True. where and in this book she feels very it's very odd i don't think i've ever read another star wars book where i felt the main character so isolated she just feels around all these people that are have similar you know upbringing in her and uh similar abilities but she feels alone and i i felt that the whole time reading this book i love when she goes back to her planet mm -hmm. um and she's in this almost matriarchal society um, I thought it was just beautiful. And once again, connecting it, Heather, to the notion of comparing it to Anakin, um, once again, the Jedi are discouraging her discovering her mother's past. Mm -hmm. um, and in a way, that's exactly what she needs. She needs an anchor. She needs a ground. She needs, she needs a past. She needs a story. For her to understand who she is, but the Jedi, the Jedi, they can't go there. <laughs> they can't go there. Um, and 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 once again, it's this this sort of notion of the Jedi reject biological family. Um, when in the case of Iscat, that's exactly what she needs. Exactly uh -huh. what she needs. Uh -huh. Yep. You know, one, one of the things that I love about these podcasts is that I learn so much by just listening to you guys. Like, I would have not thought about this if we had not been talking about it. <laughs> Heather, you were going to say. No, I was just saying, again, that's another that's another issue with the Jedi is because they're so afraid of attachments and, and pulling people away from their families. And, and again, like attachments, it's that I mean, yes, when you have attachment, there is that fear that you could lose that person. But that also that attachment is what gives you your humanity. And I think in so many ways, the Jedi become so rigid and dogmatic they lose their humanity. They lose yeah. all their social connection to, 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 to people. No, this is, this book is a, it's a hard look at the Jedi. And I yeah. love that. Yeah. Absolutely love that. I've already added it as one of the novels for my students to read for their novel, uh, for their fiction paper, because I think they're going to love it. Uh, I think so too. Heather, you, sorry. Um, when we were talking out in the world, um, you kept saying sort of like, 
let's let's be done with the Clone Wars. I wanna I wanna start I wanna start <laughs> with, with the Inquisitor life. Um, and I had a different reaction to it, and I was sort of like I I sort of wanted just a tad more that we could just we could jumping a little too quickly um, through the Clone Wars. And so it was really interesting that we had very different reactions about the beginning. You were impatient to get to the Inquisitor side. And I was really enjoying seeing <laughs> how fucked up the Jedi are and how they were fucking her up <laughs> by the way they were thinking about it. And so I really appreciated that we lingered um, in the temple and that we lingered during the Clone Wars so we could understand where she came from. That was, that was my rationale for liking that first part. And and that helped me to like it more because, you know, I already think the Jedi are fucked up. So for me, it was like, yeah, I, I'm already there, you know, so and I was like, why is this taking so long? But it was helpful to talk to you, to someone who who doesn't come at it from that frame of mind. Like, yeah, you, you needed that time and space. I did. To be convinced. And you actually could have gone longer. So I guess Delilah did it perfect because I would have wanted shorter. You would have wanted longer. She did it just right. Then, so did it just right. <laughs> Nick, both both Heather and I have read novels about the Sith. We did, we did the Darth Bane trilogy, mm -hmm. um, but I'm sort of curious about your your take on this conversation, um, on the whole idea of the pitfalls of Jedi ethics for the individual, not for the Order, but for the individual. So you know, the whole time I was listening to Heather talk, I was thinking. When we do our Jedi and Sith episode, I think we need to have Heather on because she has a very interesting things yes. to say. Yes. And, you know, I'm, I am, <laughs> there are characters that are dark side characters like Ventress and Kylo Ren and Darth Maul that I enjoy. I don't know. It's, I have a tough thing with them. I, I like them, but to me, a part of me is like, they're terrible people. They do terrible things. I don't want to root for them. Uh, and I, I like to think I'm a good natured person. And to me, I, I kind of, I've always thought of the Jedi Order as as religion uh in our world like religion can bring out the best mm -hmm. in people can encourage people can lift uplift inspire people to do great things uh but then we know as a large institution that often fails people when it comes to coming over trauma or um kind of being true to yourself uh, religion often is confining people to this narrow box and a lot of people don't fit into that narrow box but i see the good and the value that it brings even if it doesn't work for everyone, or maybe some people skew it and weaponize it to uh, oppress people or to kind of fit whatever they want or use people how they want. Hmm. Uh, I have a I have an interesting interesting relationship with the Jedi Order because I I I think it's I think it's something that's inspiring and uplifting. One of the few things in Star Wars that I I love, and I see the flaws, and I'm like, if they could just not be so stubborn, <laughs> I, could just, <laughs> I could see the good that it does, you know. And I think that's why I enjoy the High Republic so much is because of we get to see Jedi who are very flawed and they're still accepted and they're still able to work through those things. And by the mm -hmm. time we go to the prequels, that's all gone like that. They've kind of forgotten their way. Um, so it's a love hate thing. Um, I love the idea of it. Don't necessarily agree with the execution of it. When I teach the Jedi code and the Sith code in my class, it's a world war. <laughs> because because we have this fascinating conversation about the notion that they sort of very quickly discover that in the Sith code, there is a first person pronoun there. There's an I. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And in the Jedi code, the pronoun disappears. It's not about the person. It's about that person dissolving into the force, dissolving into community, dissolving into society. And so we get into this gigantic conversation about individualism and American culture and how in a way it's very much connected to the Sith. Even though in Star Wars, the good guys are not the Sith, they're the Jedi. And their brains explode. And I have to like pick up all the pieces of brain from the carpet because they're sort of like, wait, 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 we need, we need a cigarette break now. Um, because they don't, they don't see that really fascinating paradox that it is in the Sith where the individual is recognized, not in the Jedi. And this book is so much about that conflict that the Jedi, by ignoring the individual, in a way sort of lead Iskat to become an Inquisitor. And so it's just really, really fascinating to see that paradox in there. Have you read Red Harvest? Either of you read Red Harvest? No. I don't think so. Uh, no. I, I don't want to say, well, so it's it's one of the legends books. It's it's sort of the the zombie Star Wars book, but it takes place <laughs> during during the the Sith time, and it's so interesting as you say that, Carmel, because I immediately thought about Red Harvest because okay, I hate to give too much plot away, but you know you've got zombies i'll just use that word so i don't give too much of it away you know and the and you've got the the sith it's at a sith school and you've got the kids and it's like you see how much they're just fucked because nobody helps each other everyone is just out to save themselves Mm -hmm. and it just does not go well for them and and i mean i'm i do i love the sith i i but as i was reading this book you know obviously they got a lot of issues with the sith i'm not you know i'm more for a middle ground between the jedi and the sith (laughs) right and it was was reading that book and i was just like yeah this is why this is why sith can are so flawed as well is because they're just out for themselves and you can see when you've got a bigger thing happening like good luck (laughs) yeah 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 all right um any final thoughts we want to leave a little bit of time at the end to talk about the lila dawson and her books but are there any other sort of final thoughts about the novel things that you found striking, remarkable, wonderful that you that you wanted to say before we move on to our our concluding part? I just I this isn't one of her books, but Nick, you had mentioned like the um oh, the yeah. High Republic That's and a good one. It's one of my favorites. Book, it reminded me, so this is a test of courage by Justine Ireland, and it's a kid's book. But this is one of the ones I thought did some of the best work of really highlighting how poorly things can go when we suppress our emotions. I totally agree. I I adore that book. It's such a good book. I adore that I book. That Thank one. you for That's a really nice connection. That's a yeah. really nice connection. Um, and in a context with no Sith. Right. Mm-hmm. In a context with no Sith. But, just, you, but still struggle with the dark side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. Yep. Awesome. So um, I'm just going to call you Delilah. Heather, <laughs> Heather, can you um, um, can you give us our, uh, our little wonderful, maybe not biography, but sort of a little bit about her work um, so the audience can sort of get a sense of the other things 
that um, that she has done both for Star Wars and outside of Star Wars. Yes. Um, so, Carmelo, you you want to be my Vanna White and sure. show? I can be my I can, absolutely. <laughs> I don't have a little dress, but I'll 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 stay with my Sith Lord T-shirt. <laughs> So she's best known in the Star Wars world for having written Phasma, um, which is, well, up until this one, uh, my my favorite Star Wars book. If you have not read this one, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, it gives you the backstory of Phasma, but so much more. Like, the, I mean, such an underrated character in Star Wars. Yes, you get some new characters, as, as Marilla just showed. You've got Cardinal there on the back. He's fascinating. I love that character. He's great. Yeah. Yes. Great. And then the sequel to Phasma, we have Black Spire. Don't read that one first um, because it will it will spoil the end of Phasma. Um, so that's that's the one to read after Phasma. Um, and those are her main Star Wars books. And then I'll just kind of show off because a dear friend was so kind to get it for me. I have the the fancy San Diego Comic Con cover. Shoot. A rising so good. Red it's That's beautiful. So good. It's just beautiful. <laughs> That's such a beautiful cover. And can you show the the one with the red with the red yes. pages? Yes. So then this was um this That's one had British version. Yes. Which which place in? Yeah, it was an overseas shipping. Um, yeah, I can't remember now where that came from. Because all the Brits in the, in um, online were like, finally, we have a book that is colored yes. on the side. Yes. Yes. Because uh, we yep, we've done that with signed numbered ones. Oh, oh wow. nice. Yeah. Oh nice. Now you've read all the things by her that are not Star Wars. Yes. So she she's not only my favorite Star Wars author, but she is just like my favorite author author. Um wow. she writes female characters like nobody else. Um I've I've had the joy of meeting her a couple times at cons and I've got to talk to her and just thank her for the amazing work that she does because she Write such strong women um and it is mm -hmm. she's just empowering to read like i i love her um <laughs> so she she kind of started off i've got a couple right here um some they're found in my bookstore i found them in the paranormal romance section okay <laughs> so these are some <laughs> steampunk vampire romance books okay um, nice Yes. <laughs> and then um, she also has in another odd genre, uh, she writes as Lila Bowen. Um, and Ooh. so this is the Shadow series. Oh, I forgot to say this is the Blued series, B-L-U-D. That's the vampire series. Okay. Um, and then this is the the Shadow series that she writes as Lila Bowen. And these are, uh, I'll say, LGBT fantasy westerns. It's It's got a combination of a lot a of western. things. Western. Interesting. Mm -hmm western that's cool yes. okay and then she also writes kids books so i have um one here camp scare mm. and you know the way she opened this book it actually was very much like how she uh began rise the red blade she said this book is dedicated to every kid who's ever been told you're a bit much maybe you could listen a little more and talk a little less you don't have to raise your hand to answer every question. Just be yourself and everybody will like you. Just ignore the bullies and they'll go away. Huh. You are not alone. Wow. So, this is a middle grade book that I thought it's it's a little, I, I, it's, it, it gets dark for a middle grade book, but it deals with bullying. Um, wow. Really good. And then I'm saving 
the best for last. So this is a book that came out last year by her. I've heard um, wonderful things about that book. My favorite book of of last year. Um, it was it was so 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 good. That's um, great. It, it it deals with. I, I don't want to give any spoilers. I'll just say it deals with the pandemic of violence. Um, oh and, wow! Okay. Yes. So, so it's said during the pandemic. It the book opens right kind of as COVID is is has ended, and then a new pandemic takes hold of um, people being violent, and what? we get some great great female characters in this book, like like nothing I've ever read before. That's great. So yeah, I I, I cried when I got to talk to her about how much this book meant to me. <laughs> That's awesome. That's marvelous. Um, the very first thing that I read by her was actually a short story, a Star Wars short story called Worthless. Um, there's a book, uh, a, like a collection of short stories called Tales of the Jedi and Sith. Mm -hmm. um, and it is a book, and it is a story about Asajj Ventress and Asajj Ventress, she's my girl. I, if I was straight, I would marry Asajj Ventress. <laughs> um, it, it, she's just, I adore her. And so it was really wonderful to read that story and sort of like, okay, Heather's right. She's amazing. I got to start <laughs> reading Delilah Dawson. Um, and now I've read Phasma and I've read Rise of the Red Blade. I have not read Black Spire yet um, because there are only so many hours in the day, but I am looking forward to um, to get to that. So very exciting. Thank you so much, Heather, yeah. for joining was... us today. Thank you. Uh, and and. Carmelo and I are going to go to Dragon Con and Delilah Dawson. She's from the state of Georgia, so she is there every year. And uh, I'm definitely picking up a physical copy of this book because um, I, I was downsizing for shelf space, but I'm going to make an exception and buy one from her and get her to sign it because I enjoyed this book that much. It was very fascinating. And I have the the celebration cover of Jedi and Sith. So Ooh. I'm going to buy the regular cover at the convention and I'm going to ask her to sign Worthless because that was the first one. That was the first Delilah Dawson that I ever read. So that's awesome. So we're yeah. going to be we're going to be fanboys or fangirls or fan people, <laughs> um, and get our signatures next weekend. So all right, thank you, Nick. Thank you, Heather. A pleasure to have you here again. Thank you, audience. May the force be with everybody. Take care. Bye.